Well, we figured it out. Oh, and I am hot to trot on this, folks. I am so steamed. But we will get to that in a moment. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hyde. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Yes, we are late. And we're late because I had to figure something out. And I did. And I did. I figured it out. And I am furious with you two. And I'm not exactly sure what to do about it yet. I have to put on my thinking cap and give it a think. Think, think, think. YouTube... Alright, I'm, I'm not going to rant about YouTube right now because I need to go to my calm, happy place. I need to, I need to meditate and ruminate on this for a moment. Relax and calm myself before addressing the issue. Because I am pissed off. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. That's not what we're going to talk about today. If you are listening to this as a podcast, we welcome you as well. We're available on a number of different podcast players. And as far as I know, none of them are censoring us yet. But that could happen. You never know. We are broadcasting live to Odyssey and Facebook and YouTube. And I tell you what, folks, now I don't hit that button. I tell you, this has been an interesting, an interesting morning getting ready to set up and all of this. Uh, you know, I have my topics figured out. We're putting the whole thing together. And as some of you may recall, you've been here, for those of you who have been watching the show for a while, over the last couple of weeks, I have had an issue not being able to go live on YouTube for this particular show. Now, we haven't had any issues on any other show. And as it turns out, I think I know why. If you are watching on YouTube, you will notice that right now, the title of this show, Live from the Bunker, is not in the title of the video. Because, apparently, and I'm going to have to test this a few more times, apparently the title of the show seems to have been flagged not to be able to go live. And I have every reason to suspect that it is because the algorithm does not like the fact that I talked about a certain horse pill last week, which is when all of this trouble started. I will have more to say about it as I investigate the situation. But I am thoroughly peeved and vexed, shall we say. All right. Enough of that. 
We are, like I said, we are live. The live chats are open. Comments are open over on the various different platforms. If you are watching on Odyssey live and you want to leave a comment, you have to have an account there. It's one of their uh, safety and security things. They want to make sure that you are actually a real person before being able to comment on things and quote things, which is fine. Um, you know, one of those, one of those things, I guess, you know, they want to make sure that you're you and you're a real person, not a bot. So I'll appreciate that. And where do we start? Um, today, what I wanted to do, I want to go back and look at some comments that were made by Frank Oz, who was, uh, part of the Muppets for a number of years, 30 years. And um, we're going to get to that here in a second. Sci-Fi Stop says, I figured it was something like that. How come they never mentioned it when you spoke to YouTube the other day? Well, because they probably lied to me. Because YouTube lies. Probably about as much as Russell T. Davies does. And I will be confronting them on that. Uh, I think. I don't know. It might not be worth the trouble. We've got to work around, at least for now... So, you know, hey, Yarhar and Yoho and Bottle of Rum and whatnot, right? We, we, we sneak it in under the radar. <coughs> so anyway, it's, it's one of those things where YouTube continues to prove itself to be the enemy. Despite the fact that it's a very, very, very large platform, it's a very popular platform, it's well used, it's well known, it is, it is all over the place, and it's the second top search engine on the internet, uh, it continues to prove to be politically unreliable, and I do think that politics drives it more than anything else. I think big tech is in cahoots with a certain political party. And they are up to shenanigans, and it's going to get worse. But anyway, all right. With that, with that in mind, having said that, I do encourage all of you to find us on Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey.com. Mrs. Boss, if you could put the link in there. Odyssey.com slash at sci-fi for me. And that's the that's where you can find us on Odyssey. Odyssey is an alternative video platform. Uh, we do have an account over on Rumble, but I don't use it. Uh, I know a lot of people are talking about Rumble being a good option, and that may very well be the case, and we might explore that. Uh, we're also on Twitch, but we can't broadcast live to Twitch at the same time we're broadcasting anywhere else because they've got a 24-hour exclusivity rule. We we just confirmed that. So, here we are. Uh, so, find us on Odyssey and all of the other alternative socials are out there. We're on, you know, besides Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest, we're also on MeWe and Minds and Parlor and Locals and Gab. We spread it out, and it's a no, there are a number of reasons for that. Not uh, not necessarily, you know, conservative politics. <laughs> it's not not like that. It's basically reaching the people where they're at. Is my thinking on it. 
if there are people who are abandoning or at least using Facebook and Twitter less and they're going to alternatives, then we may as well have a presence over there somewhere to, to reach those folks. So if you are of a mind to use alternative social media, you can find us over there. All of our tags, everywhere we have any kind of an account, just search Sci-Fi for me and you'll find us. Okay. Frank Oz. Most of you know him as Yoda. He played Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. He played Yoda in the prequels. He came back to play Yoda in The Last Jedi. He has done the voice for that character as well as a number of Muppets. Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Grover, Cookie Monster, Bert, opposite Jim Henson's Ernie. <laughs> I can laugh like Ernie. Um, and recently he did an interview with Hadley Freeman, she of The Guardian, and the headline on this... Frank Oz on life as Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, and Yoda. Quote, I'd love to do the Muppets again, but Disney doesn't want me. And this article details through the interview how Frank Oz and his career with the Muppets is essentially over. I mean, he's retired from playing a number of those parts anyway. Um, but he does... He does make mention of the fact that the current ownership of the Jim Henson Company doesn't quite understand the Jim Henson Company and doesn't understand the Muppets. And this is a very telling thing. Uh, this this goes in after after Jim Henson passed away in 1990. It was a uh, it was toxic shock syndrome. He was only 53 years old. It was a surprise to everybody. And after that, at some point down the road, while the kids were running the show, the Walt Disney Company bought the Jim Henson Company. They bought the Muppets, but they didn't get Sesame Street. There's a there's a line between those two legal entities, I guess. So, the Disney company now owns the Muppets, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Rizzo, uh, Statler and Waldorf, that, that group. And in this article here, it says here, Disney finally managed to buy the Muppets, but not Sesame Street, in 2004. And to Oz's mind, there's a demarcation line between the Jim Henson Muppets and the Disney Muppets, quote, There's an inability for corporate America to understand the value of something they bought. They never understood with us, it's not just about the puppets. It's about the performers who love each other and have worked together for many years. He goes on to say, quote, I'd love to do the Muppets again, but Disney doesn't want me and Sesame Street hasn't asked me for 10 years. They don't want me because I won't follow orders and I won't do the kind of Muppets they believe in, he says. 
He can't bear to watch the Muppets or Sesame Street today. He says, quote, the soul's not there. The soul is what makes things grow and be funny. But I miss them and love them. And that's a very telling statement. The soul is not there. And I think, given how the Walt Disney Company in particular, but a lot of corporations that get really, really, really big, how they behave, I'd say that that's a generally applicable statement for a lot of different things that we're looking at. Not just the Walt Disney Company, but Amazon, Facebook, Google... You get these corporations, Microsoft, Apple, these corporations that outgrow the people who started them. Walt Disney's gone. Steve Jobs is gone. George Lucas is gone. I mean, he's still around, but he's not, he's not at Lucasfilm anymore. And something happens. Something happens to those companies that get swallowed up by the corporate entities. I want to I show you this, this graphic here. This is something that I came across here a while back. This is a diagram of all of the companies that the Walt Disney Company Owns. These are their worldwide assets. And you see every little circle here on this graphic. For those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you have to come see it in the graphic. This is a huge amount of stuff. Just in the Marvel side of things alone, the Walt Disney Company owns Marvel. You've got Marvel Entertainment, which is Marvel. Marvel Toys, Marvel Toys Limited, Marvel Television, Marvel Animation, Squad Productions, uh, Green Guy Tunes, Marvel International Character Holdings, Marvel Property Inc. That's in Delaware. And that's a, that's a property company. That's like real estate. MVL Development, MVL Ironworks Productions Canada, Marvel Characters BV, Marvel Characters Inc., Marvel Worldwide Inc., Marvel Press, Marvel Comics, Marvel Custom... What is that? Marvel Custom Solutions. I guess that's a action figures thing, maybe? Marvel Studios, Asgard Productions, Marvel Music, Marvel Film Productions, MVL Development, MVL Productions, MVL Film Finance, MVL Rights, Ironworks Productions, Incredible Production, Fox Entertainment Group, Fox 21 Television Studios, 20th Century Fox Television, 20th Century Fox Animation, Fox Studios Australia, Fox 2000 Pictures, New Regency Productions. Did you, under, did you, did you know that that's a 20th Century Fox outfit? FX Networks, National Geographic Channels, Fox Digital Media, Baby TV, Fox Star Studios, National Geographic Partners, which includes the National Geographic Channel, National Geographic, the magazine, Nat Geo Wild, Nat Geo People, Nat Geo Music, Star TV, Hulu, Endemol Shine Group. This is just in the in the te in the television side of things, and this is not even Disney. This is just Disney owns these companies. 
So you see a production by Endemol Shine. Disney's name is not anywhere on it, but Disney owns it. The Disney Music Group, Walt Disney Studios, Disney Corporate, Disney Theatrical Group, Walt Disney Parks Experiences and Consumer Products, Disney ABC Television Group, A&E Networks, ESPN, Disney Studio Services, um, Disney Direct-to-Consumer. But then on the periphery, see all of this in this diagram, inside all of this is the Disney, the media stuff. The things that, oh, well, sure, okay, it makes, it makes sense for Disney to have their hands in these pies. But then, off on the other side, out in the periphery here, you have a lot of other things. Silver Creek Pictures. Bird in Hand Woodworks. Blue Note Management Corporation. Catalyst Investments, LLC. Disney Fine Art. Indian Warrior Productions. Montrose Corporation. Disney Youth Programs. Plymouth Productions. Wonderful production. Supercom Inc. Palm Hospitality Company. Kelly Management Incorporated. Brothers Property Company. Magnolia Creek Development Company. Some of this stuff doesn't have anything to do with entertainment. Maple Leaf Commercial Properties. Homestead Homes. The Dolphin Hotel. Is that a. That's an O. Dolphin Hotel. Axeman Realty Corporation, The Celebration Company, Boss Realty, Carousel Holdings. Disney's got their hands in a lot of pies. They own television networks, ABC7. ABC-owned television stations. Because whenever you hear owned and operated... Uh, O&Os is what we call them. Owned and operated means the network, the television networks, uh, in in some parts of the country here in the United States, uh, they own television stations that are affiliates of the network. Now, if you look here in Kansas City, Hearst Television owns the ABC and the CW affiliates. And I want to say that uh, who owns... Is it Sinclair that owns the Fox affiliate, I think? So, not, Fox doesn't own the Fox affiliate in Kansas City. ABC does not own the ABC affiliate in Kansas City. But in New York and other markets, ABC the network also owns the ABC channel, the TV, the local TV station in New York. In certain markets, that's the case. They're called owned and operated. ABC Television has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight owned and operated TV stations. ABC Family Worldwide. But besides this one, besides this one, I want to take you to another graphic. Because this one shows you a number of other companies that don't have anything to do with the making of movies. So let's let's zoom in here a little bit and take a look here. Buena Vista Laboratories, uh, the Swan Hotel, Florida Properties, 
uh, Heavy Weight, Stakeout 2, Florida Properties, uh, Key Bridge Properties. Um, what else? I can't really read upside down. Uh, theme Park Productions, Razor Gator, Babbel.com. Have you you guys heard of Babbel.com, right? Babbel is the... Babbel. They own Babbel. And we've we've heard the commercials on radio, right? Babel, you you learn a new language. Pixar, Marvel, ESPN, ABC, GoPro. How many of you own a GoPro? One of those little those little action cameras. GoPro is now owned by Disney. Game Salad, <laughs> Photo Bucket Club. Club Penguin, The Muppets. We're going to get into that here in a minute. Kapow Software. Arvita Real Estate Capital. I mean, this just goes on and on and on and on. The Hughes Flying Boat Corporation. Touchstone Pictures, Golden Oak Ranch. What is that one? Chinese Holdings. I wonder what that is. Oh, hey, look. Coco China, Net Movie. Voodoo Vox, Go.com. Now we know about that one because everything went, you know, abc.go.com for or whatever. Uh, yes, Robert, this is a Disney chart. Uh, Robert says, My Disney shares have been a bit anemic since their big pop when they announced the menu of Star Wars and Marvel shows. I have a feeling that Disney... I have a feeling that Disney uh, shares might have interesting times ahead let's let's take a look and see where they're sitting because I'm curious now all right Disney is now sitting at $182 a share nope just dropped 182.68 it's down 1% today and you can see right here in this chart, this is over the day. It's dropped from 185 this morning, just uh, just three hours ago. It's dropped from 185 a share to 182 a share, and it's been fluctuating a little bit. But you look at it over over the last year, and it's it's relatively stable. And over the five-year course, it's come up, sure. But this year, year to date, this is a year-to-date chart. You can see that it's popped up, but it's steadily been in decline over most of the year. Now, we got a little bit of a spike here in September. But the value of the Walt Disney stock is coming down slightly. I don't know if there's any particular uh, any particular reasons for that, but it could very well be the fact that they've sucked up to the communist government of China 
and some people are not happy about that. It could very well be that they have um, thrown Gina Carano under the bus, and people aren't happy about that. It could very well be that they have taken a stance politically in Georgia against an abortion law. Some people could be unhappy about that. Yeah, it could it could be a number of different things. And this here, this interview with Frank Oz just adds to that pile. The soul's not there. The soul is what makes things grow and be funny, but I miss them and love them. And he's talking about the current crop of creators who are in charge and doing Muppets. I mean, you remember this, the series that uh, the series that ABC did here a couple of years ago with the Muppets doing sort of a, a riff on The Office. Everybody hated it. It didn't go well. Ratings were in the basement, if I remember correctly. And it was not very good. It wasn't funny. You have a tendency, because I've seen this in, in a number of places online, especially over on Twitter, you know, pick a movie and cast it with the Muppets. Go. It doesn't quite work that way. Now, there are films where you can sit there and do some sort of a Muppets version of it, and it would, it would fit. But it has to fit the personalities of the Muppet characters. You can't just shoehorn them in into a story and expect it to work. The Muppets work within the confines of a specific emotional environment. And it's not just the Sesame Street emotional environment of kids. There's an emotional environment, like, like Frank Oz says, there's a soul to these characters. These characters have meaning. They're not just puppets Pieces of fabric and plastic. The characters have souls because of how they're treated by the performers. And when you have performers that are just doing the job, just because it's a job, you can tell. And you can see this in other things, too, with performers who are just phoning in their, their, their talent... I'm doing this movie just to get a paycheck because I have a mortgage versus the passion projects. We've talked about this before. Clint Eastwood does this. He does some films that he feels like he ought to in order to have the money to do the films that he wants to. And he's in a position where he can do that. And you have certain, certain stars, people of a certain caliber, people uh, in, a, in a position of celebrity and or authority who have the ability to make those choices. Some performers don't. And you have some performers, like Frank Oz, who apparently have some integrity. When Frank Oz sits there and says, I don't, they don't want me back because I won't do it their way. What's their way? Because Frank Oz was there from the beginning. He's been with Jim Henson 
since the late 60s when all of this started. And he never had any intention of being a puppeteer. He wanted to be a journalist, and then he wanted to be an actor. He wanted to be a filmmaker. The puppet thing just kind of happened. And he ends up doing it for 30 years. And he ends up helping to create some of the most iconic characters of all time, with regard to puppetry at least, but within the general zeitgeist of the culture. The Muppets have meaning. And it's this soulless corporate mentality that the Walt Disney Company has that commoditizes too much the things for which we are fans. The corporate mentality, and, and George Lucas has talked about this. One of the reasons why he wanted to be an independent filmmaker is he didn't want to be part of the corporate studio system. Of course, he ended up being a studio, and he got caught up in, in having to be that thing which he didn't want to be a part of because Lucasfilm got so big. But the Walt Disney Company, for all of its bells and whistles touting the, the family-centric marketing, is not family-centric. It's driven by a political agenda, just like anybody else. But, like we pointed out on, on H2O last night, we're talking about movies and, and, and the Dune adaptations, and whether or not we're going to get Dune Part 2, a lot of people tend to forget that Hollywood is a business, and it's driven by money, lots of money. And it's also driven by a lot of corporate politics. Some of the best examples of that are the films that didn't get made. Even though they got a green light at one point, John Carter is a good example of how Hollywood politics, office politics, can destroy a franchise before it ever gets out of the gate. I will continue to recommend John Carter and the Gods of Hollywood. It's a book behind the scenes of the, of the travails, not only of the most recent movie starring Taylor Kitsch, but every other attempt to adapt the John Carter story to film. People have been wanting to make Barsoom movies for decades office politics. It doesn't have anything to do with the story. It has to do with who's involved. Who benefits? Why did Harvey Weinstein go unpunished for so long? Because too many people benefited from his position of power and authority and influence. When the wheels come off of all of this, it's going to be very interesting to see who's still standing in the entertainment community, the entertainment industry, because there are things being said. Rose McGowan is not the only one. I don't know. Mrs. Boss, did you see this about Alanis Morissette? There's a documentary about Alanis Morissette's uh, career. Yeah, I knew that. 
And in that documentary, she talks about, in the music industry, you think the Hollywood crowd's bad. In the music industry, it's even worse when it comes to underage humans. When those stories come out in full flower, as it were, I have a feeling that there are going to be a lot of people cringing in the corner. Because there are going to be a lot of chickens come home to roost on some of that stuff. Now, having said that, are there going to be any consequences? That's the other question. Are these soulless corporate bigwigs who feel like they're untouchable, are they going to remain untouchable? Not just in Hollywood, but in Washington? When Frank Oz sits there and says that the Muppets have no soul anymore, you could apply that to Star Wars. Maybe Indiana Jones. We'll see what Indiana Jones 5 looks like. Can you say that of the new James Bond movie? We don't know yet. What about Ghostbusters Afterlife? People are cautiously optimistic. When you sit there and see a commercial for something and the first thing in your head is, please don't screw this up, that's very telling on, a, on, on, on an entire industry. Don't screw it up. And fans of a thing, She-Ra, He-Man, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Cowboy Bebop, Sonic the Hedgehog, the fans of the thing are fans because of whatever element was there in the original and they latched onto it. There was something. And it's not the same thing for every franchise, but there's something there that drives that fandom, that drives the appreciation for that particular story. And if the people who are making the next one don't understand what that thing is, then you end up with something like Starsky and Hutch. Or the animated She-Ra. Or maybe the new Masters of the Universe Revelation. I haven't seen it. I don't care. I didn't watch the I didn't watch He-Man the first time. I was too old. You get Ghostbusters Answer the Call from twenty sixteen. You get people who don't understand the thing making the thing. Alex Kurtzman over at Star Trek. Disney making anything. Uh, Robert says, I think it's still, it still worries about the Delta variant closing the parks and theaters. That, that could be a possibility as far as affecting the, 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 uh, the stock price. That could, be, that could be a factor, sure. I think that's going to affect a lot of things uh, still and for the long term. Um, Robert says, any thoughts on how the Chinese directive against feminization of men will play out in Disney? The, it, I, I don't know enough about it to, to make a qualified opinion. Uh, 
<laughs> did you did you see this? Um, so China last last week, the week after, the week before last, they came out with a directive, some sort of a thing that their media, their you you should not have girly boys. Yeah, I don't know. Um, given given some of the stories that we've seen lately about how Hollywood is pulling back from sucking up to China, I think there's still a lot of stuff that's in play on that. But that's an uninformed opinion on my part. I don't I'm, I don't want to speak with any degree of authority because I haven't researched it that much, and I don't want to speak out of turn. But given the reaction that some on the far progressive left radical lunatic fringe have reacted to that, um, I don't know. I, I, that's, it's, a, it's, it's a little early. And you look at, I would imagine maybe it might be the same kind of thing as what you've got with the, with the reaction to the new live-action Shiro. Well, we don't need it. We didn't need the cartoon that made everybody gay either. We got it. You get yours, we get ours, whatever. Uh, Robert says, China has been active on the directive. The CCP is actively removing feminine stuff from the airwaves and internet already. That will be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Boyce, Mrs. Mrs. Boss makes a, a fair point. When When the United States is doing our best to embrace it, revel in it, celebrate it. As a matter of fact, there's a study we just ran across uh, that in the last two years, LGBTQ representation in programming for children has gone up 225% in the last two years. Now, that's fine if you choose to live your life that way that's your choice that's your decision but there are people who are going to resist anything that looks like resembles bears any resemblance to propaganda and indoctrination just saying all right speaking of um uh, one one example of that, I guess you'd say, the the drag queen story hour type of thing. So speaking of that kind of fashion, when we get back, I want to take a look a little bit at one other thing here uh, that happened over the last uh, what was this yesterday, day before. So, stand by. We'll be right back. Um, where did it go? Where did it go? There. You're watching Sci-Fi for Me TV. Thanks for watching Sci-Fi for Me TV. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. You're watching Sci-Fi for Me TV, delivering the multiverse since 2009.
All right, back live from the bunker. We are testing a new setup uh, with regard to the promos. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, I do welcome the feedback uh, because this is a new thing. We've always had the option of being able to drop spots into the into the videos. And a lot of channels, they'll do it, but they don't tell YouTube where to put the ads. So it interrupts any other sentence that just it just drops in there at random. So we're trying to control that a little bit by building in breaks and we'll see how it works out. And it if it's something that you guys don't like, I mean they're skippable ads. So it's not like things go, you know, up there and you can't do anything about it. But we'll try. We'll see. We'll see what it does. I don't know. We'll we'll uh we'll play with it a little bit. And it's like anything else. We test it for a while. We learn. We adjust. Another company that has uh, embraced, I guess, a little bit of the whole, you know, get back to our roots with the family type of thing is Stuckey's. I've been following Stephanie Stuckey over on LinkedIn, her post talking about the revival of the brand over there because it originally started with the family and then it was owned by a corporation and it ran it to the ground and didn't understand the values of it. Uh, so I think now, uh, this past November, December, the family is now back in charge of the brand. Those of you who are of an age will re remember Stuckey's uh, cross-country drives, road trips. There were frequent stops at Stuckey's to get, you know, the the pecan log rolls and the peanut brittle and the rubber alligators and whatnot. I think my dad had a back scratcher at one point that was from Stuckey's. So it's it's good to see that brand coming back in the hands of the family. And that's that's one of those things. Now let's turn our attention here for a moment to the Met Gala. This was Monday night. Yeah, the theme, ironically, I guess, ex they're, they're exploring American independence is the theme of the, of the thing. Uh, Debbie Harry from Blondie, looking rather stylish in her jean jacket and her flowing their red and white uh, hoop skirt. And some of this, you know, this is a fashion, this is $30,000 per ticket that people pay. It's a fundraiser for the Metropolitan Opera, I think, Metropolitan Museum of Art, somewhere in that. It doesn't matter. I don't care. But they're spending $30,000 to attend this. And some of the fashion is not really all that outlandish. But then some of it is. Here's Dan Levy, who, as far as I know, is still a, a male, uh, wearing, I don't know what this is. It looks like a map. It, it looks like a map has been repurposed into fashion. I, you know, it's one of those things. Okay. Here's... Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney. So 
let me let me ask this question here for a moment. How is it that a member of Congress can afford a thirty thousand dollar ticket to a big charity event? Just asking a question. Uh, Billy Eilish, looking stylish, had to. It's too easy. Um, now you get into some of this stuff. Eh, it's not you know okay. Yeah, yeah, uh. Serena Williams in this big giant boa of whatever whatever that is. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is in a white tux here, but then you get this. Little Nas X. He's a rapper, I believe. And he's in this gold gowned thing. And when they take this off, it reveals his C-3PO costume, which he then discards for a third outfit that's underneath and looks like something out of the fifth element. I don't know. Is he cosplaying? Uh, is he cosplaying Chris Rock's character now on this? I mean, he's missing the hair, but okay. You know, Adrian Brody looking fairly out of place in a regular tuxedo. Elliot Page uh, looks like. Um, hey, let's go through Dad's closet and see what we can dress up in. I don't know what this is going on here with Evan Mark, with the with the leather the leather mask and the shorts. That's disturbing, disquieting, I guess. Iman looking like a a, a sun a sun totem of some sort. Uh, I don't even know who half of these people are, but some of this, some of this fashion. Here's Dominic Cooper uh, looking like he stepped out of Miami Vice. Megan Rapioni from the soccer team. How does a soccer player... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Check me on this. Wasn't she complaining about how much the the women's soccer team got paid or didn't get paid? And how is she able to afford a $30,000 ticket? I don't want to hear anything else from her about any of that. Megan Fox, Pete Davidson. I mean, some of this, okay, fine. But then we have here Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Suddenly I have a craving for Chick-fil-A. <clears throat> now, the irony here you know, she's got this tax the rich splattered all over her, her dress. She owns two Lexus cars, ladies and gentlemen. She started off as a bartender in New York. Where has all her money come from that she can now suddenly afford not one, but two Lexus automobiles? Sci-Fi Snob says lots of the tickets are given out for free. I wasn't aware of that. Um... And that's fine. They want to. They want to give them away. Sure. Um, some of this, though. I mean, here's Kim Kardashian in head to toe black, literally head to toe black, including a mask over her head. Ah, corporations buy a table and invite people, according to Sci-Fi Snob. That makes sense. Here's Kendall Jenner in almost nothing. 
Jennifer Lopez. I mean, some of this stuff doesn't this this looking at this stuff. It reminds me of something. I I'm 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 trying to put my finger on it. What? Yeah, that uh, little Nas X. We 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 uh, we just covered that one. You were out, but then over here, uh, where is it? You have this uh, fashion statement. This is at the MTV Awards, which I think we're on at the same time. I have absolutely no idea who this is or why she's dressed as a throw rug, but this is. This is current modern fashion. Now, some people have said fifth element. Some people have said throw rug. I think it's kind of a combination of both. And I'm 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 thinking on this and I'm like this this kind of looks like something that we've seen before. And it strikes me that we have seen this kind of thing. And of course, we see a lot of stupid stuff coming out of the different fashion shows and the walk, you know, the, the runway walks and men wearing trash bags and women wearing monofilament line and band-aids and, and, and plastic bottles and whatever else. But here are some stills from the Hunger Games. Doesn't it look about the same as these really, really stupid expensive outfits that we get something like the Met, the Met Gala. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But every time I turn around, I'm seeing more and more examples that fit the Fahrenheit 1984 model. And it disturbs me that so many people are willing to embrace it and celebrate it and worship it. And, and don't, don't get me wrong, make no mistake, there is worship involved in a lot of this. There is uh, a, a religious zealotry to some of this because... That's where we are these days with regards to a few different things. Science. Yeah, sci-fi is not a Hunger Games seems toned down compared to the Met. I would agree with that in some cases, sure. But we're not allowed to question our betters. It is interesting to note, too, however... Uh, one thing that uh, one thing that I that I neglected to show you, let me let me get back on here because this is a uh, this is one that I think was rather interesting to see uh, because if you look at if you look at these photographs. Of the celebrities, the movers and shakers who are at this $30,000 plate event, you'll notice 
that the people in the background, the photographers, the security staff, the serving staff, the people who help fluff the skirts on the, on the stairs, they're all wearing masks. And yet the celebrities are not. Now, are, are we... Are we noticing here, folks, perhaps a demarcation line being drawn between the ruling class and everyone else? Just asking a question. We've seen video of our political lords and masters prior to the cameras rolling at the 9-11 memorial in New York and they're all walking around, no masks cameras go on, the masks go on it is the very definition of kabuki theater folks they're trying to get you to believe certain things for your own good. And how dare you resist. We must protect. The vaccinated from the unvaccinated. Right? I mean it's all, it's all this, this narrative. That's being pushed on us. By people. Who don't apply it to themselves. They want you. They desperately want you to think that there are five lights. But there are only four lights. Salacious Crumbs tonight, 9, 8, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, the latest Star Wars news. Don't let them convince you that you're wrong. Do your research. Do your homework. There are four lights. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.